Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we're getting into a quick little one-shot by longtime listener Nyarogi. But before we get into that, oh, you know, we got to shill stuff. You know how it works. But there's a special shilling today because this is post-episode 200, and we've finally launched our YouTube channel. That's right. If you want to listen to us on the YouTube or if you want to drive algorithmic engagement, do so by going to our YouTube channel with a link for that in the description. You know, like we want to be part of the algorithmic ecosystem. So if you want to see a Mr. Beast world build with us crossover, the only way that you can do that is by hitting the subscribe button, smashing the like button, all of that good stuff. But in all seriousness, please go over there and engage with us as best as you can, just to make sure that we're getting out there so we can meet all the other YouTube people. But anyway, I want to remind you that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, click the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. Of course, if you want to follow us on social media, we're on Twitter at Let's World Build. And uh, if you want to join our Discord where you can chat with us a little bit more easily, a little bit more directly, you can go to our Discord and chat with us about, oh, I don't know, anything, whatever you really want. I mean, as long as it's like tangentially world build related, even that, you know, like come chat with us about anything, we'll chat with you. If you're feeling particularly generous or you just uh, want to give us a little bit of tip money or you want access to those sweet, sweet patron only episodes and other patron only goodies, you can go to our Patreon with a link for that in the description of this very episode and give us money. Support us by, you know, giving a financial incentives, capitalism, etc. But seriously, want to thank all of our patrons for their continued support and uh, come join us if you want. Anyway, enough of the shilling. Let's get right into it. So on today's episode, we've got a longtime listener, Nyarogi, with another prompt. And that prompt is a little bit long, so buckle in. And it starts with, hello, friends. Today, my wife shared with me an idea based on a strange dream of hers. And after a short world-building jam, we agreed that it would be a great prompt for the podcast. So... First of all, that's just super fucking cute that him and his it wife is. did like a world building jam session together. Like, that's really cute. Love to hear that. Anyway, there are multiple worlds. He gives a couple of uh, you know options, you know, planes of existence, dimensions, planets, etc. And they have some things in common, mostly that each of them have a significant amount of liquid water on each world where they gave birth to a complex ecosystem of living organisms. The water of the worlds have a strange connection. If a living creature consumes the water of a world, the creature teleports to the world where the water is from and stays there until the foreign water leaves their body. If you are out of the water, you bounce back to your home world. Nobody knew this, of course, since normally no one has access to water from an alien world. But one day, a multidimensional being was born whose avatars lived on at least half a dozen worlds at the same time. They transported water through their avatar bodies and gave it to some of the people from different worlds. This suddenly opened endless possibilities for travel, exploration, and adventure across the different worlds. What stories can unfold in these worlds, and how do they interact with each other a few generations later? So, again, very cute. 
a bit of a novella, but that's fine. Let's get into the tenets, all right? Number one, the avatars are still around. If one of them dies, the new one will be born into the world. They can give access to any world where there is currently an avatar alive, but they only start around puberty and dry out after about two to three decades. Number two, if you world hop, you bring only your body with you. Your clothes and tools don't travel with you, but things like earrings, piercings, and implants, at least partially in your body, do. Also, if you have something similar to... Wait, what? I didn't even read this one the first time. (laughs) If you have something similar to kangaroo pouches or hamster cheek pouches, you can fill them with things. Why? Wait a minute. I need to change my tenets now because I didn't know that we could have kangaroo pouches. Oh, your your tenets aren't that they're hamster people. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. Um, I Oh man, this change. Okay, tenant three. Ten, we'll get into it. Tenant three. If you want to stay on a world, you must regularly consume the water of that world. But water is a loose term. You can consume natural water in larger quantities or consume water present in a native living being, such as blood, milk, or other fluid in smaller quantities for the same effect. Guys, I'm sorry. I got thrown off by the hamster cheeks thing. Um, <laughs> So, okay, hold on. I, I, I'm normally I'd be like, Daniel, tell us what it is, and then switch over to Courtney or vice versa, right? But I need to, I feel like we need to have a con. What's to prevent like prison butt smuggling from just right. being a thing? Like, how is that not immediately the first thing that people are going to do where they're just like shoving shit up their orifices, right? I mean, I mean there's a bigger problem, not problem, but there's a bigger thing to discuss about this prompt in general. I bet it's science related, and I bet I'm going to hate it. No, it's 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 that um, I, I like to call this this prompt a um, it's a a backdoor tenant's truck. <laughs> oh, you sense. mean the thing that I do all the time? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's not a premise. It's a premise with a bunch of tenants baked in, then three extra tenants, which I'm not faulting yeah. our wonderful submitter for giving it to us this way. But we have to acknowledge what it is because that sure. makes it problematic to analyze. Um, and I wonder if we need to unpack it before we figure mm. out what the tenants are, because like the thing mm. has a lot of specifics and I don't think a regular premise should have that much specifics in it. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I, I don't mind being like uh, stuck to a world that is a little bit more specific. Frankly, I think that there's definitely enough wiggle room here where we can like have a really interesting and wildly varied take on what was expected but i i do understand what you mean where the premise itself has like a bunch of like tenets that are baked into it already you know mm-hmm. kind of like what i do when my tenant is like and 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 you know where it's like by the way there's like three tenets in this one but shut up i'm the host so it's fine <laughs> um, <laughs> well i mean even even when that happens it's more like you're fleshing out like what you're introducing whereas here i right. think it's it's dictating how the world functions, which is our job. Right. So I mean, what what I'm seeing, at least in the premise as some basic things is like, we've got this interesting living water that seems to be either scarce or rare. And we've got kind of the idea of separated spaces that are connected Mm -hmm. by the water. Right. And that consuming and carrying it in yourself is a way to travel. And this idea of a traveler that's in multiple places all at once. That's that's what it seems like the basics are of the of the premise. Oh, see, I, I don't. So, what do you mean by a traveler who's in multiple places at once? Maybe we should kind of start there. 
it says in the premise that you've got this multi-dimensional being that has i guess um exists in all the, the, avatar. oh, the avatars yeah okay, yeah the avatar. and all the places that the water is consumable or whatever that is consumed right. it so it's multiple places mm-hmm. so it's like those are the sure. three core things i see in the premise part of it and then gotcha. the individual tenants need to be broken down too because they're all very specific to the premise you know? sure i mean looking at the, the tenants i'm seeing in number one concept of the water being scarce or ancient right it's still around number two there seems to be some sort of like limitations and how how you can carry it and then sure. three you've got to like keep committing yourself to the world of your origin of the water that you got originally well it's the plane that you travel to yes right or it's like you gotta have that water otherwise you, you go back right right exactly so i mean like like if you go to okay this is a horrible analogy but like imagine that like if you drank florida water you're suddenly teleported to florida Mm-hmm. And in order for you to stay in Florida, you have to continually drink Florida water, right. which any Floridian will tell you is a terrible idea. Like <laughs> never drink Florida water. I mean, thematically, that's like it's suggesting a commitment to your world of origin in some way. That's what it seems or to, to the to world the that you traveled world. to yeah. or the yeah, whatever water you imbibed. Yeah. yeah, right. Because if you want to just go home, you just stop drinking foreign water and then you just pop right back mm-hmm. to your home home plane so a commitment right? to the the new world basically correct you have to yeah. choose to be a traveler right mm-hmm. like you have to choose to be an explorer otherwise you just get sent back right yeah so i wonder how long it would take for the water to get out of you fully yeah like would like exercise or like being in a really hot place like exacerbate mm-hmm. that kind of mm-hmm. thing like would it mean like you need to drink more native water yeah i would yeah. think so so you would become like dehydrated over time. So there would be an element of like, mm. you want to go back, but you know, you're going to feel like shit in order to go back kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, I mean, I think with, with this in mind, then it's easier for us to construct the tenants because cool. it's like impulses rather than specifics. All right, cool. So Daniel, why don't you get us started today? Because like, it sounds like you're ready to go. What do you want to start us off with as your first tenant? My my first thought is, I, of course, I'm an enemy of, of multiple planes of existence because I feel like we've done it to death. So <laughs> my, my first sentence is the scope of these quote unquote worlds is much smaller in scale than like a plane of existence or an entire planet. And whatever mm-hmm. that scope is, the boundaries between those places isn't actually hugely far apart. It just seems that way. Or there's some reason why it's difficult to move between the spaces, but we're mm-hmm. not talking about huge spaces. interesting so so let's define that a little bit more if you don't mind Mm -hmm. so when you say not a huge amount of distance obviously we're not talking worlds we're not talking universes right are you thinking like even smaller than like inter star system type stuff or is like in the same planet or going a little bit further than that smaller than a world so like between countries it could be between sections of the city it could be parts of a house i just don't want to deal with multiple worlds because i feel Mm -hmm. like we've done it and it's too huge in scope you know okay so so would you be okay with it being a like for example like the world itself like a single planet you're able to traverse (laughs) to easily yeah okay okay cool 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 okay so i suppose that makes the avatar thing a little bit easier to deal with because it's like 
rather uh-huh. than being in mul- like they're in multiple places at once, but they're also just like in the same place. You know what I mean? At least, yeah, <laughs> or at least yeah. the same world yeah. that makes them less mystical. I'm less mystical, but less crazy to deal with because if you have multiple mm-hmm. worlds now you're dealing with multiple alien species potentially right multiple physics yeah. multiple uh star yeah. systems you're, you have this massive space opera basically already i'm i'm, I'm actually thinking like these avatar things are more of like a root system now you know like uh, they, they're they're potentially alive but i'm thinking that if they're in the same planet then they exist all at once in the same place. So they're either like a big Hydra, right? Or there's some kind of like a reverse root system that kind of poke up from the ground in some way. But like, that's not even a tenant. I'm just like kind of positing out loud here. No, it's it's funny that you bring that up because one thing that I had thought of but didn't actually make one of my tenants was that the avatars were actually like trees of some sort. Oh, Maybe okay. going off of uh, our episode 200. Uh, oh, tree, yeah, 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 yeah. Tree yeah. Jam. Angry trees. Yeah. <laughs> Apathetic. Trees, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another way to think about it, too, is like imagining where this is taking place is we could go in an even more fantastical direction with it, where it's like a, a tower of some sort, like an enormous tower where each floor is its own quote unquote world. Oh, sure. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we, we've done that with like Wuxia Tower a little yeah. bit, but like yeah. that's kind of interesting. Or single structures, also interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really cool way to kind of recontextualize it too, I think, you know. So basically what you're suggesting is that there's an elevator, (laughs) (laughs) right? Maybe, like, I don't know if, I'm not sure if the floors would even be connected initially before this avatar Mm. thing came along. And then people realize, like, wait, we're we're in this same, like, structure all along. We've been here with all these other people. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, so it's like, it's one of those things where you're in a space that is so blocked off from the rest of the world that it's hard to imagine like a world outside of those walls type thing. Yeah, something like that. God, gotcha. makes me think of um, the movie High Rise. It's pretty fucked up. I haven't seen that one. It's fucked up. Wait, High Rise <laughs> is that the one with uh, with the rock and he has to jump off that building? <laughs> no, it's um, <laughs> with uh, what's his name, um, the vamp- the vampire kid from Twilight. Robert Pattinson. Isn't he? Yeah, I think he's in that. It's Robert Pattinson is the is the actor you're looking for, I believe. Uh, I'm looking at it now and he does not seem to be in the movie. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. It's not Robert Pattinson. It's that other guy. What's his name? It's blonde. Tom Hilson. That's right. He's not, he's not blonde. Isn't he? He's like kind of blonde. He's blonde blonde? I thought he had like oh, he's got dark red hair. brown hair. You're thinking that he's dark brown hair because he's Loki. That's why. No, he's kind of got reddish hair, I guess. But yeah, I would say it's an auburn. He's, maybe he's naked a lot in the films. So it's hard to tell. Oh, that's <laughs> good. Went on. That's good. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> it jumped up several spaces on Courtney's list. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> and it, let's be real. Mine too. So mm. you know. I, I had just watched some other film with him with uh, the vampire guy. But it wasn't this. Pattinson. Was yeah. it a... Oh my God, He's been on some interesting... Like in a like car indie. or something. I forget. Daniel, this is... Okay, we're not turning this into <laughs> Boomer. Please name this movie. Like, <laughs> let's let's move on. So so why is High Rise important, Daniel? <laughs> let's well, she was talking about a tower separated mm-hmm. by floors. Okay. And in High Rise, it's by class, essentially, separated. Okay. Mm. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Okay. <laughs> 
And this is where I'm going to sneak in here because one of my tenets, I wanted to keep it fairly simple, but my tenet is imperialism and territorial expansion lie at the heart of this world's conflict. One world has found a way to not only traverse to various other worlds with ease, but with surprising accuracy as well. So Mm. that is my premise. And if we're doing it, so we're in one giant superstructure. And if we want to bring in class, which let's be real, we all love to do (laughs) then Like I can see this as like a high rise type situation for sure. So are we doing a building or are we doing a, what are we doing? I don't know. We haven't nailed anything down yet, Daniel. Yeah. I, like I'm picturing it as some sort of building, but also in like a fantastical way. Like it's kind of like planes, but they're just much smaller than we would think of as planes of existence. They're all kind of like stacked on top of one another. Okay. So I think I've talked about this premise a long time ago, but I've always had this um, idea for a story. I have a reference book, which is like an atlas for imaginary places. And in one of them, they talk about Abiton Village, which I always love the name of. And it's a place that you cannot deliberately go to. So like you can't like choose to go to that place. You just Mm -hmm. end up there sometimes. Right. And I love the idea that we're in a space where you can't intentionally go to that place. But anyway, my my point was I, I had this idea that there was a hotel that was made up entirely of all of the 13th floors that don't exist in other hotels. So it's like effectively like a missing space. Right. And I would love for that to kind of be, a th- or, or it could potentially be a thing that we look at for this particular space. So it's like, it's a giant hotel like complex or something like that. So that way it's like self-contained. I don't know. What do, what do y'all think? I'm kind of rambling a little bit here. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like the hotel idea is interesting. And as always, makes me think of The Leftovers because there's this bizarre dream sequence that takes place in a hotel. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I I kind of want to like keep chipping away at the tenets to see if that mm-hmm. helps sure. us uh, figure out where this is actually taking place. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that. I was going to say the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's totally fine. I mean, I'm I'm mostly just interested in like the idea that imperialism and territorial expansion are like mm-hmm. a big part in this story. So if it's if we end up being like, oh, it's a planet, then it's like, yeah, there's probably like armies that are using, you know, the ability to transport rapidly mm-hmm. pretty easily. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like if once you realize yeah. water is a method of travel that yeah. becomes a tool, right. like if you're trying to expand your territory. Right. And and the idea that one particular like plane or like world has the ability to accurately travel and stuff like that mm-hmm. is like such an advantage over those who are like, okay, I'm going to drink this water. Let's see where it ends up. You know, like may have learned how to identify what water goes to where, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or like figured out some sort of science or magic to like track where the person is going when they drink and can mm-hmm. picture a lot of like not so ethical experimentation being done in that regard. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, of course, Courtney, you always go to unethical science experimentation. Yeah, that's always. like, if I hear it one more time, it's going on your fucking bingo card. That's all, <laughs> that's what I'm going to say right now. Mm-hmm. Does it involve blood transfusions, Courtney? Uh... Courtney Mangala Staples is what we're going to start <laughs> calling you from now oh, on. God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> 
Courtney's like, I don't hate it. I, 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 it doesn't sound awful. Jesus. <laughs> All right. So, Courtney, why don't, you, why don't you hit us with your first tenet so we can kind of keep it moving here, figure right. this out a little bit more. Yeah, this was going to be my second one, but I feel like it fits well with what you brought up. Um, mine is that food testing is a common occupation after many, many instances of people being sabotaged by opponents who use liquids to send them to other worlds. So like oh, basically I was picturing and related to uh, the show Succession recently wrapping up, but picturing some like high stakes board meeting and somebody pours themselves a, a glass of water and takes a sip <laughs> and they like get transported yeah. to some like jungle or something like wow yeah wow <laughs> yeah that is awesome oh, yeah. the level of espionage and, yeah like, it, it's basically like oh especially if you know where you're sending that person right. that's actually kind of huge right it's like yeah we're going to send them to the top of this volcano. Hope it goes well for them. Like it effectively can be used as a means for assassination. So that's actually yeah. really interesting. That's great. That's, that's a great tenant. I love that. Nice. Yeah. And I feel like it works well with yours. Like if they've figured out where exactly they're going, then they could totally use that knowledge to completely fuck over people on other planes or floors or whatever we go with here. Yeah. And okay. I, I'm also imagining like, if you spike like an army's drink with that as well, like how would that work? You know what I mean? Like, like all of a sudden half of the army uh, that yeah. you were supposed to fight is gone. Or like, even if it's like a quarter of as effective as you want, that's still massively effective in terms of reducing mm -hmm. troops. Right. Right. And even if it's just like a short lived thing, like you only managed to get, right. you know, a few drops into everybody's glass, it's still like enough time for you to make mm. moves or enough time to disrupt your opponent in what they were doing. Right. It, right, because like timing is huge in in warfare mm -hmm. and in like in regular real life world too. So yeah, I think that's really and and then of course right, you're gonna have like countermeasures for the other people where it's like okay, I've got to work up a sweat, so they're just like immediately doing as much exercise yeah. as they possibly can to try and like sweat <laughs> it out, or it's like mm -hmm. I've got to make myself piss, you know, like immediately <laughs> just like try to get to that level mm -hmm. uh, of like getting the water out you know okay so that's that's really fun i love that idea a lot actually that's great what a clever way to work with this premise like that's so fun gotta gotta weaponize it of course uh, well yeah of course courtney mangle a staple i get it yes <laughs> oh my god keep keep your twins away from her dear god <laughs> Jesus. anyway daniel unless you have anything else to say let's move on to your second tenet sir well, here's your wrench. Um, so <laughs> my, my second tenet is that the water is living. So it's living water and it's scarce in quantity, can take a form of its own and has mobility. So you've got to wrangle this living water inside of your to consume it? I'm picturing it in the sense of like changelings from Trek where it can take mm. its own form. So they're like water elementals that you have to like yeah. hunt down. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That is interesting. I so I mean I feel like that's that's not really much of a wrench, honestly. Like that still works, I think. Yeah, I think it fits well because in the prompt too, it says like um there is, or at least earlier, there was a significant amount of liquid water on each world. So maybe like over time, yeah. maybe the water has realized that it's being used for this purpose and it's formed itself into these mm -hmm. elementals that can move around and get away from people. I picture mm -hmm. You know, so if, I, I love the idea of like, you know, poisoning people's water and stuff like that and using <laughs> it 
weaponized way. But then I also imagine it might be too easy if it was just like sources of water, bags of water you could carry around. If the mm-hmm. water had a mind of its own and, you know, yeah. deploying it and holding onto it was, was difficult because it could do its own thing, that would mm-hmm. add a level right. of complexity to it. Okay, yes, but also by adding sentience or at least semi-sentience to this thing, you can now add in bargaining, you can now add in taming, you can now mm-hmm. add in coercive action to this thing. So right. instead of like, hey, we're going to sneak it in and be subtle about it. It's now going to be like, yo, go shove yourself down that guy's throat and make him drink you. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, it's now like um, the symbiote mm-hmm. from like Spider-Man now, where it's like trying right. to like crawl down your throat mm-hmm. in order. So yeah, like I don't see that changing that much. Well, 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 I mean, it, that, like you have to like, there's a little bit more like active taming to it now. Well, my my point is, it's not just a passive tool, right? So it's a lot, mm-hmm. right, it's a lot easier to use a passive tool than it is a tool yeah. that will resist you or that can resist you, right? Yeah, especially if like, look, we need to consume water, right? So it might be the fact that like, okay, not only do oh oh actually that that could be kind of interesting as well, where now there's this dynamic where we need to tame the water to keep us alive. But also maybe we can tame the water to do other things for us, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, that's another question too. Um, like I, when I was reading this, assumed that this particular water is a special type of water because it doesn't make sense to me uh, if all water is teleport water because then nobody would ever be anywhere. <laughs> so No, I took it as the water in whatever world or uh-huh. plane or whatever. So all, like water. That, all of it can teleport. All water, you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that seems nonsensical to me, <laughs> but okay. Well, no, no, no. I, I think what's going on is like, okay, Florida water mm-hmm. compared to Massachusetts water, right? You drink water that is from Florida and then you're transported there and you have to continue to drink that in order to stay there. Right. But what that but doesn't make sense though. So if, if I drank water in, in, let's say I'm in I don't know, Massachusetts and I drank Florida water, right? Mm-hmm. Now I right. go to Florida. Is the water yeah. there Florida water? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then the Florida water was somehow moved to Massachusetts. Plus Correct. Small that's where the that's where the avatars come in. That where they exist in multiple places at once. Okay. And then now the majority of the water in Florida is Florida water. Correct. Yeah. Except for there's small pools, perhaps, of other water. Mm-hmm. Right. And that again from the avatars. The avatars introduce those like pools of water that are scarce. They in, travel in, to other places. Okay. Right. Exactly. Yes. So then um, I would have to alter mine slightly because I, mean, I don't think all the water could be living water. I think maybe some of it is. Yeah. yeah that, that's why I was like, okay, then we have to talk. Because to my thought was that like some of this water was magical and that, you know, people could drink regular water and stay oh, with okay. water. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that changes the prompt entirely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Though I think like it could still kind of work if it's all living like if the water yes. is okay with being used for like regular right. like oh you want to drink me like that's fine whatever but yeah. if it's like oh you want to bottle me up and bring me to another world to like sabotage an army no no that's not cool i'm not gonna right. have that i mean in order for the limitation to work i think it actually has to be all of the water being alive because if it's yeah, not all yeah. of it, then some yes. of it can be teleported and who cares if some of it's alive? We'll just exactly it. Exactly. No, I agree. I agree. And also, like the premise of a world where all water is living is also pretty cool, right? Like it is, yeah. Like, because imagine if we could domesticate the ocean to do like right. work, labor for us. Like, that's a cool mm-hmm. premise, you know. Like, that's really interesting. Yeah, I could also see more like uh, 
could also see like less nice means of doing it. Like if people had a mm. way of rapidly freezing water to use oh, yeah. and to like bring us ice cubes over. Cause I assume that if it's frozen, it can't move. So that yeah. could be a way of getting mm. around it. So that's oh, essentially that's like yeah. taking it as a prisoner or a slave. Oh, yeah. Or what that. about, how, how would steam work then? Same thing. You could put it in like a, a balloon or something and now it's in mm. prison, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I imagine it only has mobility if it's in its liquid form. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. Like it's, it loses its mobility. It's either frozen or it's like mm. so disparate that it can't, it's kind of like you're in uh what's it called? Imagine that you're like in zero gravity and like you can't orient yourself. Like that's yeah. basically what like steam is to water. Yeah. And like, then that brings in a, another element of like, the speed at which these people have to act if they want to use it for that purpose. Like got to yeah. get the other world and get to where I want to be before this ice cube melts. Otherwise this water is going to come alive. Oh and yeah. Do something yeah, yeah, to yeah. me. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Okay. That's cool. 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 Uh, my second tenant was also, okay. Let me be real with y'all. I wanted to have a more fantastical uh, setting because I saw this. I'm like, this sounds a little sci-fi. This sounds like sliders to me for some reason. And I was like, I want some I want some honest to God fantasy in this. So I said that I want some undead to play a major part in at least one of the worlds, specifically mm. intelligent, corporeal undead. So something like a ghoul, not a vampire. Oh, I didn't write that down, but that's now part of my tenant. It well, cannot be a vampire. Well, got to oh, no, jump in there because literally my <laughs> my second tenant was that vampirism exists in some Mother, form. I will fucking fight you, Courtney. <laughs> You know what? Fine. We nope. can have those coexist. You can uh -huh. have your vampires away from my other corporeal intelligent undead. Thank you very much. Why can't the corporeal intelligent undead drain life in some way? Isn't that vampire? That's, not necessarily. I just wanted like something that was undead undead and not just like vampire. Like I don't want like blood draining to be a thing. I also don't think it precludes it working in science fiction either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shut up, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have all three of these things together. Mm -hmm. I agree with you completely, and I still hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, uh, I'm going to go with mummies, because they don't have any liquid in their bodies, I guess. Did we already have mummies, though? I mean, I love mummies. But... That was recent, yeah. Well, fine. Yeah. Let me do ghouls, then. I love ghouls. There we go. Ghouls are cool. Okay. Yeah, ghouls. Are... I don't feel like ghouls get enough love, honestly. Vampire ghouls? <laughs> no. You fuck off with that. No. <laughs> so I've seen some sort of like in my head, I'm already seeing some kind of lab company or something or group that like has this vault of frozen liquids and mm. they're ghouls and they drink. They, they like suck people's water out of them, I guess. I don't know. I'm seeing all this come together. <laughs> nice. So, nice. So I actually had it where like I was thinking that the undead have a way to kind of like weirdly circumvent some of the rules, you know, where it's just like, okay, because we have like a giant chest cavity that's empty, we can store liquid like because it's mm. technically within us, right? Like a giant hamster pouch, mm. right? Like why not just stuff a bunch of like contraband and like other stuff up inside of my chest cavity? It still technically counts. Right. And then like, that's kind of like how they are able to like transport gear and like materials and stuff. That just made me think of the really gross implications of you can transport things if they're inside of you, like doing yep. kind of 
home surgery on yourself to bring stuff to another world or like yes that's correct chugging chugging down a ton of water from your own world before teleporting so you can puke it up in the in the next world yeah no I was, I was actually thinking about that as well where like you could store bags of water inside of yourself yeah yeah and like somehow would get around all that nonsense yeah mm-hmm. all right gross. yeah gross. no it is gross yeah so okay We've got my undead. Courtney, why why does vampirism exist here exactly? Uh, so yeah, my, my full tenet was that vampirism exists in some form, whether it's from people relying heavily on blood to travel or stay in a world or from maybe drinking directly from an avatar uh, or something else like that. Mm. Given that, I mean, he did bring up blood as, as the thing. In the yeah, in but the center, so. blood is water mostly. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on. What is what is my catchphrase? Thirty percent more blood come in sweat, right? So, like, yes, I am. I uh, with the implications involved, I agree with you completely, Courtney. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then <laughs> <what>? <laughs> nothing. Just saying that succubi would also be pretty. Uh, pretty effective yeah. as well i guess right? i was i was also thinking of <laughs> other <laughs> other liquids yes um yep oh oh those gross like armpit liquors are gonna have yeah. those gross fetishists are oh, gonna God. have easy time transporting them so wait a minute hold on how would that work exactly right okay so let's say that you're a traveler right mm-hmm. and the water that you've had in your system is from the native if you drink piss from a native do you was, teleport that way i was also wondering that like was that the original avatar you <laughs> just like let, <laughs> let loose everywhere on these worlds and that's well, so so i think we need certain limitations <laughs> how it works like i think i think like like uh-huh. i think if this is living water right and in certain forms the water loses its own mobility oh, yeah. i think like when you convert it into other things it's, it's not teleporting anymore like if I oh, if I sure. like drink yeah. it and pee it out, it's not living water anymore. It's just it's got to like okay, so like the liquids that Very we pure. expel, right? Like oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. There's a purity to it, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's just like yeah, if you drink someone's blood, it will still work, but it like as a lesser effect, right? Like that right. that totally makes sense. Yeah, or or like right. water, you know, runoff and stuff will evaporate and be returned to the main like source, and that becomes right. pure. But when it's yeah. corrupted, it's not going to work. Right. So the avatar source matters then. Okay. That's, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, if, if you piss it out, like it'll still have some like potency, right? But <laughs> it has to like hit the, it has to hit the avatar again in order for it to like <laughs> regain its potency effectively. Well, it right? sounds like there's going back to your imperialism and effectiveness of their tools. It may be that like living water carried in you might be a way to track where the water is potentially uh, yeah. you know but it, you can't oh, use yeah, it yeah. for yourself you know like if it's I see. part of you it's like mm-hmm. fragments of the living water is not really alive mm-hmm. gotcha I see. okay <laughs> uh so, so as sort of an offshoot of the vampirism thing i had a thought that's not a tenet really but just a thing to think about which is what if the first avatar was like a, a christ figure who sacrificed itself to connect the worlds by mm appearing on all of them at once and pretty much like opening its veins and offering its blood oh. as the connection. Wow. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. I'm glad yeah. I got my blood sacrifice in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Obviously. maybe that being was the original um, source of the water, like in yeah. the sense, oh, yeah. like 
the, these elementals are like sort of its offspring in some way. Yeah. Like yeah. the water was just regular water, and then it came along and like gave it life. Basically. Yeah, it's that's blood. Cool. Yeah. Sentence. I like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, that squares with me 100%. Yeah. Well, does that, that mean that there are pieces of the original martyr messiah that is is the thing that, that's letting them, the, the avatar is broken into pieces, and that's what the individual avatars are? Oh. I see. Oh, like they're like water that's retained some level of sentience effectively, right? Um, yeah. Like, so I mean, more like intelligence, more, more than just sentience, but intelligence. Mm. Right. Yeah, like if the original thing was some creature that bled out and gave life to the waters, but it's was ripped apart, maybe, and it's has its own intelligence, and these vessels are the avatars that remain. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to connect it to the other yeah. avatars, you know? <laughs> sure. No, that's a cool idea. Yeah. Like, maybe once this water becomes concentrated enough, or if it accumulates enough of the original, like, blood or something, it can, like, possess somebody and and they become an avatar something like that or if you wanted to bring it back to your trees idea maybe it's like it sucked up part of this consciousness and it's like a living tree person or something like that you know yeah or it doesn't even have to be trees it could just be like a plant you know what i mean i mean also let's just think about the ghouls too because a, a ghoul is a type of undead that what eats living flesh or what a ghoul is a yeah they're can they're effectively cannibals yeah cannibals so okay. it's like yeah. they're kind of like i mean they're undead but they've got this sort of it seems thematically like this transitionary state of flesh like right different than zombies right because they're just like rotting corpses so right. i wonder if they're also connected to this in some way like fundamentally to uh, i would hope so you know? yeah and i also think like are you picturing them as gooey and fleshy and full of life or are they like desiccated and rotting? Like, what's their feel? So they're more desiccated. They're not so much rotting. I like to think that they're like the the state that they're in is the state that they will stay in. Right? They're not actively decaying mm-hmm. because they're able to maintain their form via cannibalistic rites and just consuming in general. Um, you know, like the deader the better in terms of what they prefer to eat. But you know. Also, yeah, they like human flesh or humanoid flesh, right? I wonder if they're trying to like seek out and eat the avatars to like oh, gain their power. Yeah. yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. So like they're they're kind of like a blasphemous being that is trying to mm-hmm. like consume the the avatar in some way. That's dope. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It would be nice if they have some fundamental relationship to it, like if they're of the same kind as the thing that originally sacrificed itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did say cannibals, right? It doesn't uh-huh. necessarily mean that they're yeah. humanoids. So, like, yeah. maybe they're, like, a sort of god being is what you're suggesting? Um, I, I want to avoid gods, but but something like whatever this being is that, that came down and bled out, right? Like, I wonder if right. they're the same race as it in some way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. Or, or related to it. Like, clearly it seems to be more powerful than them, but... I mean, well, okay. So, if if the blood instilled life into these living things Mm -hmm. then what happened to the body maybe these are just remnants of the body that have been reconfigured or something like that Mm. oh the ghouls themselves yeah exactly that's cool and it's they're actually trying to like reconstitute themselves yeah it's auto cannibalism yeah Yeah. exactly yeah yeah Yeah. because now they're all they're like fragments of it and Mm -hmm. yes so the avatars could be something other but like they're trying to eat it because that's part of them Right. Yeah. It's like they feel this strong, strong hunger Mm -hmm. for parts of themselves and they're trying to get those back. Mm -hmm. 
that's fucked up. I'm cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan <laughs> of that. Yeah, it seems too that like you can distill that down too. So like, I imagine that now the the avatars are the ones that leaked foreign waters into other places, right? Mm-hmm. And people are then drinking these waters. So that means that they carry a bit of that flesh that the ghouls want, which then makes the ghouls able to be predatory on regular people too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm noticing, by the way, from this conversation is that we're certainly no longer keeping ourselves to a singular like building or a singular vehicle anymore. It sounds like we've stuck to like a world. Would you agree with that? I still see it as kind of nebulous. Like I think it could work in a lot of different uh, mm. constructions. How about what if we did both? What if, because I'm also seeing, obviously I'm looking at this through a sci-fi lens, but I could see, for example, some kind of like world ship or something that was partitioned mm. into different areas to be a world and it's crashed and now it has a strange configuration throughout the world. And then it allows it to be fantastical because you don't have to recognize it as a ship anymore, but there's the hints of that. And now you also have the possibility of these ghouls being alien adjacent and the people living mm. on the planet interacting with these waters, not understanding how this works because it's been so long ago. I'm kind of okay with that. I feel like we've done ring ships or ring worlds a, a, a bit in the last couple of prompts that we've done sci-fi stuff in, but I'm not opposed to that idea. Okay, what attracts me to this is more the idea of a collapsed structure. You know, right. like you have the, the Wuxi Tower, which is intact, right? Um, this is more like, what if you had a structure like that? We don't know its origins, but now it's collapsed onto a world mm. and it's partitioned itself, you know? Oh, maybe like the the Avatar had sacrificed itself like when this thing was crashing in order to like be able to keep these things tied together in some way. I was thinking that. But oh, it, yeah. it kind of backfired because people are using it for nefarious means now. Yeah, like maybe that's how it tried to preserve its species by trying yeah. to liquid, you know. I'm okay with that. Sure. Neat. Um so so we've got a giant Eden-like spaceship basically, right? That's like broken apart it seems like right. and it's become part of the world that's crashed into. Okay, so so that that was going to be my next question. So it is not just the spaceship, it is that the spaceship has crash landed on a world and mm-hmm. the broken pieces of that ship are also now constituted in the world itself as well. Yeah, I think that lets okay. us have separated spaces that aren't truly far apart because they're chunks of this massive world ship, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And so, like, the walls are actually just the walls of a spaceship, but, like, yeah. in order for them to traverse those walls seems damn near impossible, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That works for me. I'm cool with and that. I, I'm seeing the ghouls now as being very interesting because now they're not just monsters or evil things. Like they're also like they're a species unto themselves that we don't understand. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I think I think that's the other thing that ghouls get a bad rap about is that you know, you have like the Anne Rice sexification of vampires, right? <laughs> and you even have like the mummy being kind of sexy. It's like where they're actual characters who have like things that they want and like. And it's like, yeah, that never happened with ghouls, you know, like. And I think that like ghouls being sentient things have the ability to be real ass people and like real ass characters with like desires and motivations beyond, hey, I want to eat that corpse over there. You know, like I think that they have missed the boat in in ways that matter, you know. Mm -hmm. So we've answered those questions. Are we ready for the recap or do we have any other questions that we need to go over first? Um, I'm good for the recap. 
I think we have the place that takes place. We don't, I'll, we'll explore kind of the ones that are empty in the recap. We've got the place mm-hmm. that takes place. We've got at least the functioning of the mystical parts of this, right? How the waters work. We don't really know much about the people here other than the ghouls, but I feel mm-hmm. like we yeah. can figure some of that out in the recap. All right. Then start us off. Daniel, you had first tenant. What do you got for us, sir? Um, that the scope of the world is smaller than planes or planets, and the boundaries between these spaces aren't actually super far apart. They just seem that way. And I feel like we've more than we we've mm-hmm. we've done that quite well, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh I believe that I went next, and mm-hmm. my first tenet was imperialism and territorial expansion lies at the heart of this world's conflict. One world has found a way to not only traverse the various worlds with ease, but with surprising accuracy as well. Um, I feel like we have barely touched on this one, to be frank. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, guys, you know I love imperialism. Big fan. So how do we integrate this into the story a little bit more? Like Daniel said, we haven't really talked about the people outside of like the potential ghouls. So how can we integrate this idea into the story a little bit more? I mean, my first thought is that clearly these imperialists are not ghouls and they're like mm-hmm. one of the fragments of the ship, like one of the civilizations. Yeah. Yes, I'm I'm down. Mm-hmm. Maybe they originated from like a more research oriented part of the ship or something. So that's why they've been able to Ooh. progress pretty rapidly oh, in that area. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I love that a lot, actually. They have yeah. some computer core that probably like seems to be a magical artifact that tells them about how to mm. analyze the ancestries, which are really the waters. Yeah. 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 I, I, I also just love the idea that like a grand like mechanist or a grand AI is the one who's like leading them. Oh, and it's wow. like we're we're like purely focused on taking things apart, putting them back together again, and like you know, it's like the grand evolutionist or something like that, where they're mm-hmm. obsessed with progress and obsessed with like, I, I don't know why I'm I'm seeing this thing that has like tentacles that are also eye stalks coming out of its thing <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if we're going full sci-fi with it, then I'll go full sci-fi. But that's kind of where my brain goes, where mm-hmm. they're metallic tentacles that also serve as like eye stalks effectively. So we have like a robot beholder. Yeah, (laughs) I I was actually thinking something humanoid in this thing. Mm, The the tentacles are coming off of its back, you know, so it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So is it like this archivist sort of evolutionary archivist that's part of the ship originally and now it's at their control? Yeah, I'm also thinking that can be like an amalgam of like maybe it's like part humanoid, part machine, and it has distant Mm. memories of pre-crash you know yeah yeah and so it's religious prophecies of like progress or like we need to get back to the ship Mm -hmm. you know and like how do we get back to the ship okay well we need to do all these horrible experimentations and like evolve us to the point where we're ready to get back up into the sky again and collect the collect the ancestries like you're saying evolutionarily which is to collect the water you know i'm seeing it as like a sort of like an android or cyborg kind of akin to from alien like it's still following it's like prime directive that it has oh yeah okay here's what i'm hearing by the way we've got a fully decked out sci-fi spaceship and something happens where it crash lands onto a world that is brimming with magic and the combination of the two it's like we're, we're kind of navigating 
what happens when you smash those two genres together, right? Because we mm-hmm. have this fantastical element with like the Avatar and stuff like that. And I'm starting to think that that's what happened is that the sci-fi ship crash landed on this very fantastical world. And the conflict that we're seeing is between the two kind of like magic and technology, like being forced to coexist together for the first time. I don't, I don't know what the other magical things would be, because I can see everything here being explainable as like some effect of their technology falling. Um, mm. Like what well, do you I was see? Thinking the avatars themselves. Yeah. Oh, I thought that. I thought the avatars were um, part of the whatever species this is, like. Yeah, like whatever first initial thing sacrificed itself. But maybe that was like, maybe the the effect that it has was unintended because of the magic of this world or something. Right, because like it's imparted like sentience or at least mobility to water, which I don't think it would have meant to do, right? Well, I mean, there's, it seems like you have a couple of, options like on the one hand you could say that this alien part of its way to save itself was to bleed quote unquote as far as they understand um its life force into the waters of the world so to spread its genetic material there and it's still done in a materialist sort of way or there's something magical about this world where the interaction of its genetic material created this effect what we would need to do if we go that route is figure out well, what's the magicalness mean and what is magical about this world. And okay, you know what I mean. Like I'm not opposed to that. I just need to understand like right. what is it about this world that's special. Right. All right. Well, why don't we shelve that for the time being because we still got to figure out the imperialist part. True. And <laughs> which is interesting, I think, because yeah. you can <clears throat> smuggle the water now. Yes. Changing its form. Yeah. I do love that. Actually, yeah. That's that's fun. Maybe even that's um, part of what gives them an edge is they had like some sort of like rapid freezing technology in that part of the ship. And that that way they can actually transport ice effectively or gives them more control over these elemental mm-hmm. things. Yeah, I, I think that works. Or heating it up, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah I, I think that's what happens, right, is that the technology that they have is what allows them to control the teleportation better. Mm-hmm. And like with more accuracy, right? Mm-hmm. So how does that translate exactly then? Like, do they like create secret strongholds within each of the other territories and then, you know, like create bases from which they can then expand upon? Is that what's happening? I imagine them doing that, but to get chunks of water to bring back to their space so they can have right. this like teleportation chamber to all the different places mm-hmm. like maintaining oh. their own bodies of water from everywhere yeah so yeah so they're they're creating what are effectively like research outposts right mm-hmm. where it's like mm-hmm. okay we plant this little thing and then from there it's a research station and then from there they're going to find a water source and then once mm-hmm. they do that they're able to transport it back and forth relatively easily yeah so yeah and then the, yeah, that's what ends up happening for sure. So they got like their own doorways in their space to all the other places. Now they can rapidly conquer, you know. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then we can also have it. So rather than just be purely, you know, like fascistic or like violent in their their conquering, right? We can say, well, they can have an evangelical bent to them by saying, like, don't you want progress? We're willing to give you we're willing to share the technology that we have with you and save you from barbarity 
save you from your own savage tendencies. Come and be with us and, you know, like give us, you know, like time, money, investment, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, you'll get stuff in return. This is an exchange, you know, but Mm -hmm. under the idea, of course, that it's really truly imperialism and motivated through all the things that imperialism is normally motivated by. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's nice is too is like it's all tied together. Like you've got yeah. the alien understory, you've got the imperialist narrative, but they're all working together with each other, you know. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So Courtney, what was your first tenet? Uh that was that food testing is a very important role in society because people can be sabotaged by uh making them drink liquids and having them teleport to unintended areas. Mm. That still works. I think. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's definitely a flavorful little fun thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it probably would have really become important after these societies started to notice your imperial one infiltrating. Oh, I was thinking that the imperialists are also like the progenitor of this technique where it's like, you know, come feast with us. And then it's like while they're blinked out of existence, they're just going to like completely, you know, like yeah. conquer that that small area. Yeah, that absolutely. Or, oh, actually, if the imperialists have like a network, then they could probably teleport one group to another group's territory and like cause conflict that way. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's yeah. also a potentiality. So, yeah, that still works. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And it could also be done with like other food items that have a lot of liquid content, like mm-hmm. picturing them putting uh, this living water into like a coconut or something. something like that so it seems like a benign thing but you crack it open and take a sip of coconut water and you're somewhere else question if you put ice cubes in a drink because it's actively melting are you still transported to that place well i think since we established that the water has to be in its living state i think the ice cubes would have to fully melt so that the entity could be sentient again and then go into your body Right, but like how because water, like there's no like beginning and end point to water, right? So like wouldn't it like melting just a singular drop be enough for it to like transport someone? I would say no, because I feel like if you took one of the elementals like and you just like chop them into pieces, there's not a substantial amount of them to be like a solid being, then it probably loses its power in the same sense that like peeing stuff out doesn't work, you know? <laughs> So I feel like if you're going to assassinate someone with some ice, you probably want to put a couple of cubes in there, talk with them for a while, let it start melting enough so that it's liquid again and that the water wakes up so it can fully go inside of their body, you know, the gotcha. foreign water. That way it's too easy, you know. I could yeah. also see, like we had talked about before, like maybe a couple of drops can kind of blink you in and out, but it's enough of a disruption to cause issues. Oh, because it could right. be just for a short right. period of time. is what you Right. Like right. Until so it, out. So it well. could be like a five, 10 minute thing where uh-huh. you're like, oh, shit, I had like one sip of that and now I'm here. I just got to oh, like do a bunch of, do a bunch of yeah. jumping jacks to get me back. Uh-huh. That's interesting, too. Yeah, yeah. no, that, that's what I had in mind, Courtney. It's like it's a matter of like you've got to seize on this opportunity. We have five minutes, but it's got we've got to make those five minutes count. Well, maybe right. you can split the difference there and say, um, in order to be that accurate, like to have a single drop of, of a living water, you have had to prepare it very carefully. So it requires yeah. like a lot of yeah. sciencing to prepare a single vial of it to drop into someone's drink, mm. as opposed to like just going over to the living water and poking it and grabbing a drop and putting it on someone's eyeball. <laughs> you know, like I, I feel like there needs to be a level of, 
finesse required. Otherwise, it becomes too easy to assassinate people. You know? You're right. Yeah. I mean, well, it's it's okay. Yeah. No, uh, that's like if I have a squirt gun and I squirt it in someone's mouth. Oh, there's teleporter. <laughs> you don't want that situation, right? So, like, are you preparing... sure? Because that sounds amazing, and I do <laughs> that want sound that. Pretty awesome. Preparing yeah. that's. I mean, if you're gonna have a gun like that, right? It needs to be. You have to prepare it, and the amount of volume of water in there has been purified to be living water, and you got to be really careful when you use it. That kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So the most deadly weapon of all is just a Nerf super soaker. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So I can, I, can, okay. I can totally, I think that's cool. But, and I also, I think it works with the Imperialist precision and them working with this archivist to create. Yes. Water, yes. You know. Have, mm. have either of you watched UHF, the Weird Al movie? No, no. Daniel, have you seen that? No. Okay. There is a scene where like it, the whole premise is not important. So I'm just going to get, there is a scene where it's like, as a prize, someone's like, you get to drink from the fire hose. And then they just like turn a fire hose on this child who like tries <laughs> to drink from it. And I'm just thinking like, wait a minute, that's just an effective weapon in this world. Of, like, yeah. teleporting them. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, no more UHF references. We're, we're running long on this one as is. So uh, Daniel, what was your first tenet or your second tenet? Um, that the water is alive, scarce and has ability. Yes. To take a form of its own. That is a huge part of this world now, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Courtney had vampirism for your second tenant. Is that correct? Yeah, which we haven't really talked about too much. Exactly. So we got to we got to talk about that vampirism just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we saying the ghouls are the ones that are vampiric? Like since no. we do say they eat the flesh, right? Don't they want? Water. Sounded like Rob definitely did not want vampires. <laughs> a hard no to on that one, dog, because at that point, they're just vampires. Like, they're no longer ghouls. They're just vampires at that point. You know, is vampirism a technique taught to the imperialists, um, similar to what ghouls do in the consumption of flesh? Hmm. We, could, we could also just go third faction here to make like a separate entity, you know, like I mean, maybe. May, well, well, maybe they're like uh, a remnant of like the medical bay or something like that. I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to think of like the the parts of the ship have like broken apart and they've kind of been separated by like section. Right. So like the grand architect, the grand evolutionist, whatever the fuck, like that to me is like the science division. Right. And I'm I'm thinking like, what would the vampire part be? You know, like medical bay is the one that immediately comes to mind where it's like, Hey, by drinking their blood or drinking their life, we're able to regenerate or like stay really powerful or something like that. But I don't know. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. Courtney, what do you got? Right. I was thinking that it was some sort of third faction. Um, Medical Bay could work. But yeah, I was thinking that it was like they'd like figured out a way to use blood specifically. Um, And maybe it's something where like, um, I don't know, because one thing about vampires is like, they rely on blood like they need it true to survive so i wonder if it's like uh, i don't know if this makes sense but wondering if it's something about like the nature of the crash and how it happened if vampires are people who were like between sections or like between these areas or got caught in the avatars field of some sort so now in order to stay put they need to consume blood in order to remain otherwise they like get kind of tossed around these different zones so like they need it they can't just like go back to drinking water because that just won't work for them for whatever reason um 
So you're saying that like in order for them to stabilize themselves in a particular area, they need to drain it from another person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I like that. What if it was like something that's wrong with the vampire themselves is that like, for whatever reason, their bodies can't process pure water and they rely on someone else's like processing. Right. Oh, like they're like allergic to the elemental. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's like, look, the only way I can process water is by getting it from someone else. And so it's like, I'm sorry, I have to do this glomp and then like mm-hmm. drain the blood or whatever other liquids you want out of those <laughs> things. Yeah. Why are they allergic to pure water? I don't know. Yeah. If it's something, not... something having to do with like the avatars infusion of the water on this planet with uh, mm. its, its life and giving the water life. Mm. In some way, I mean, if we're if we're taking cues from vampirism, then it's like maybe these these people are like inherently profane or like against the avatar in some way, because that's typically how vampirism works. Right. It's like they're oftentimes depicted as like, oh, they betray. Like, I think Judas is often seen as like a first vampire, which is like kind of ridiculous. But like there's also (laughs) the idea that they're unholy, right, that they hate Christ, that they hate God. Right. So. I don't know, something inherently profane like anti-Avatar or something like that would be the easy way out if we're doing it that way. Mm-hmm. Which I'd like that thematically, but the question for me is like what underlies it, right? Since we know this is a spaceship and there's they're aliens, like what um what's the basis for their allergy? That's what I'm wondering. What made them different, you know? I feel like it has to do with like, yeah, their relationship with the Avatar before the crash or maybe mm-hmm. as the crash was occurring Ooh, were they like did they make contact with the beings before they came down and were they mm. like worshipers of it in some way oh maybe yeah something or maybe like the avatar was like the ship's core like energy source mm-hmm. or something like that and they were the ones working closest with it oh so they're they're aliens themselves mm. i don't know like it could also just be religious right where it's just like something about like their religious practice. Oh, may Oh, that actually might be kind of interesting. So it's not that they're forced to be vampires, but it's like a religious practice that they cannot directly imbibe the water because it's against their religious practices. Yeah, they're exactly. Like vampire vegans. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Like they, see, yeah. they see drinking uh, the, the living water itself as like profane and, yeah, so they have all because the other sources. The living yeah. water has no sentience when it's ming- intermingled in your blood. So right. maybe yes, that's part of exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it still has the power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. And I could see if you want to go back to the profanity of it. Like I was thinking of the other thing I was gonna say is I thinking of, of Stargate and like before the ship like arrived in their planet, you had like the early Egyptians kind of seeing it coming. I could see them as because they're humans, right? I could see them as being people on this planet that were involved in its crashing and that's why they have this religious disposition you know uh like they were like terrorists or something who caused the crash in the first place yeah or maybe yeah maybe that or maybe like their seeing of this thing arriving was like apocalyptic like its arrival is their apocalypse mm-hmm. kind of thing they're opposed to it in some way i see oh yeah i mean yeah or it's like they see the avatar as like a, a the devil mm-hmm. right and the only way that they can subsist and live is to imbibe in water, but they can't do that because it's the devil, but you can't consume mm-hmm. the devil. 
you need to like yeah something like that would work and the ghouls are their enemies like they must be man they're they're literal manifestations of the, the species you know yeah, of the flesh yeah yeah, yeah 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 i like that. look at us making factions already <laughs> look at that <laughs> all right so it's religious is that what we're going with yes i think so like okay some sort of a version maybe it's even developed over time to be like an actual physical thing but it did oh, start out yeah. as purely psychological i, I like that i think yeah. that's fun yeah. yeah that's cool okay yeah. cool 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 let's do that uh and then my second tenant was the undead part i feel like we've worked that through pretty well mm-hmm. um yeah all right so we've got our recap we're, we're good here we gotta roll the twist and reconcile it y'all All right, and our twist for this episode is. God, okay. Okay, now go super dark with it. Oh, okay. Mm, Okay. That's easy. Is it? Is it though? We've already got blood drinking vampires and flesh eating ghouls. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, fascist imperialists. It's pretty silver platter at this point. Uh, all right well go go ahead you fucking sick fuckers go ahead what do you got for us? after you courtney this is your specialty, <laughs> your speciality <laughs> um let me give it some thought um don't act like you're not frothing at the mouth i can hear it from here courtney <laughs> i'm thinking that we could do something more with the uh jumping you can have stuff implanted in you or attached in you or Uh-oh. <laughs> uh the kangaroo pouches and hamster cheeks like is the imperial group like doing some fucked up stuff with surgeries to make people more able to bring uh liquids with them get some like body horror going on okay is that super dark though no no i mean it's a start <laughs> it's the beginning <laughs> move towards super dark the more body horror is what you're suggesting in gotcha. the, mm-hmm. the carrying of things between places mm-hmm. mm. yeah because you can you could make like people mules <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> right, right, people right. mules out of this yeah yeah Ooh. i'm trying to i'm trying to think like oh oh hold on yep courtney i got you okay not people mules, Daniel. People ticks, people huh. leeches, mm. people mosquitoes, where they're engorged with water, where they've been uh. like altered to have like sacks of fluid. Because yeah. there's the biological aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, these people have been adapted. They're they're mules, they're human mules, but they're actually ticks. They're actually mosquitoes, they're leeches where they're filled with water. And then when they get to the other side, you like unfold them and like take out yeah. these packs of yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah. Maybe yeah. all the Perfect. the archivist technology is like it itself is mechanical, but it weaves things out of biological stuff because that's mm, the best yes. way to transport water, pure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like I was saying, grand evolutionist, right? Uh-huh. So I think that you know, like being able to directly change people like that, kind of you know, in like forcibly change me like rewrites them. them yeah yeah exactly yeah, exactly. yeah i could yeah, see yeah, like yeah, yeah. um these people like basically being surgically adapted to have like multiple stomachs or internal pouches oh. or something oh. and then being, like, yeah, yes. yep, and then you. being like being like forced to just drink gallons and gallons of water until they're oh, literally yeah. almost yep. gonna burst and like, waterboarding basically yes. yeah yeah yes. 
Oh man, I can bring in my dumb joke from UHF. They literally get to drink from the fire hose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they're capable of doing so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It could also be like a <laughs> lobotomy type situation. Like these, mm-hmm. the water ticks or water mules are like changed uh, intellectually so that they can't really fight oh, back against uh, what's happening yeah. to them. That's- that's mm-hmm. so awful. Oh my god. There we go. We got to the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> See, I knew we didn't have to do anything. Good job. <laughs> that makes the goals uh. far less horrible. <laughs> you, you know, honestly, Daniel, you're absolutely right. <laughs> mm-hmm. The, the goals just want to eat their friends yeah. to get back home. Yeah. But yeah. these people are disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I mean, maybe oh, maybe there's God. something to be said there. Like, maybe because you would think of the ghouls as villains. Like, maybe sure they're not the best things in the world, but perhaps like you know the vampire religious people come to realize the ghouls are not their actual enemies. It's yeah. and they've misunderstood the mythology. Yeah. Really, it's the imperialists and the disgusting experiments that they're doing. Yeah, I love and I hate that. Yes, they've enslaved the evolutionists. You know. Yeah, I could definitely see like a reveal during the storyline where mm-hmm. like all along you've thought it was just like vampires versus ghouls and also yes. the imperialists kind of doing their own thing or didn't quite understand how they were doing it, but they were able to infiltrate really well. And then you have that realization when you like go into a room and there you see one of these things and it's like, holy shit, this is so much worse than, yeah. than oh, we God, could have imagined yeah. it was. Yeah, that's good. I like. And they have a moment, like in the religion, where you have the demonic-looking ghoul or whatever they look like, which to them seems like profane and evil, like to the vampire people, right? Yeah. And they're realizing, like, and it's feasting on something. Is this disgusting? But they, they, yeah. After that revelation, they realize it's it's as human as they are. It's the imperialists Mm -hmm. that have walked You know. Nice. Nice. That's gross. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) <laughs> and it looks at them in the darkness and in, in their eyes they see that there's an alliance to be had yeah okay i was going to suggest something and i'm so fucking grossed out that i'm not so let's go ahead and get to our main storyline quest so we can close out this fucking horror show <laughs> i i suddenly became so uncomfortable with this love i'm like it. oh i hate it i love no, it but i hate now I wanna it hear it of course. No, no you can uh, fuck right You off. can hear the squelching as it's eating like a part mm-hmm. of the avatar and it's like just yeah, digging in there even... and there's blood everywhere. And like the vampire person is like, this is so horrible and everything against my religion. And he's realizing like, I need to ally with this thing because it's the only way we can survive. Mm-hmm. Oh, also <laughs> pregnancy is another oh, method of this because it talks about milk being a, oh. an option for fluid. You gotta yep. bring vaginas into this, didn't you? <laughs> yep. Yep. Courtney, that's basically what I was going to say, where it's yeah. like, wait, why don't the imperialists just sell like human cows to yeah. like the, yeah, 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 it's gross and I hate it. I hate yeah. it. I really hate it, actually. Mm-hmm. All right, we're moving on. Let's get on to the main storyline quest. What does that look like? How does it work? Let's go. I mean, I think it would kind of be what we, or it could be what we already defined about like a you know, you think there's this one conflict, but you discover that there's something so much worse out there that you need to work together to defeat mm-hmm. or limit or stop in some way. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that that works for me. Like we'll have our two kind of principal characters. One is a zealot of of the the vampires, and then one is like a ghoul. 
mm-hmm. who's also kind of a religious zealot, right? When you think about it, when, like there's yeah. the need to yeah. reconstitute, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there is the in-between where they're, they hate each other and until the imperialists arrive. And then it's like, oh, no, we need to actually have a communication, like, make sure mm-hmm. that this awful shit isn't happening to us, you know? I think there should be an insider, too. So, like, someone from, like, an imperialist scientist or something. Because I would imagine not everyone in that society is on board with water ticks. So, yeah, I imagine it's, yeah, maybe <laughs> God, there's, I like, hate a, this. Oh. <laughs> maybe there's a turncoat or perhaps someone who was loyal to them, but they get mixed in with the situation and they become their ally and they're the in and getting into the... I'm always down for a defector. Defectors yeah. are fun. Yeah. Like this squirrely scientist who's like, you don't know if they're going to double cross you in the end, but at the end of the day, like they represent the people in the imperialist land who are like mm-hmm. not okay with this either. Yeah. But they have yeah. to do the work, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Um, what else do we want to say about that? I, I always like a story where it's, it's not going to be the whole world solved. Right. So I wonder if we could have yeah. one small thing they're solving. Yes, I was. I'm yeah. down with that, hundred percent. I wonder if they want to just like cut themselves off from the imperialists. Like they realize that that's the best that they can do mm. in terms oh. of um, limiting that. Con- like they they try to like come up with some plan to you know do the right thing and defeat the the evil force and everything. And but they realize like this is way too big. It's not going to work. All we can really do is cut ourselves off by like I don't know if it would involve like getting rid of the water that the imperialists have from the stone mm. and making it so that they can't actually pop there anymore. Mm-hmm. So they want to go and destroy their, potentially destroy the pools to set them back. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Because yeah, it wouldn't necessarily stop them from encroaching. It just stops right. them from encroaching on that specific area. Exactly. But yeah. Yeah, that that works. Their pool, destroy one pool that the one that connects to theirs. Or yeah. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that works for me. I like, oh, by the way, hold on. I just realized something. The the imperialists, they aren't just using their own people to make the human cow tick mosquito leech, right? They're using enslaved peoples to do this, aren't they? Of course. They, yeah, the, yeah. I, just real, I just realized that when they go into a territory and they kidnap people and they, they you know, do the imperialist thing, they're actually just grabbing motherfuckers from who are just sitting around, like hanging out. Yeah, that's that's. I, I'm sorry, I just realized. I'm like, oh, we literally didn't even talk about that. But oh yeah. god, and that could be another method of transport. So like they they give those people water from the imperial place, have them teleport over. Oh, could they have yeah. been like surgically attach yeah. themselves to the people that they brought over to like automatically be taken back with yeah. them? Wait, how would that work? Oh. I'm going to say no to that just because I don't want to think about it. So, no. They just stitch a bunch of bodies together and then fill one of them with water. That's the kind of thing that, like, any corporation would think. It's like, well, you know, this is cost-effective and it will work. And they're like, but it's against all possible moral reasoning. Like, well, that's also not cost-effective. Yeah. Or it's like, well, they said it was okay. (laughs) Well, it it works. (laughs) Yeah. okay yeah that's i hate that and i'm happy with it yep okay cool cool let's can we just stop i would just love to stop now also where was clark for this episode this like seems Uh, like such a clark episode now that we've introduced this horrifying body horror we didn't even talk about catheters yet (laughs) 
All right. And uh, that's going to do it for this episode of World Build With Us for sure. Remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. Uh, we're on YouTube now, y'all. You got to get on the YouTubes now. We're on the YouTube. Go do the things that YouTube likes us for us to do. If you're into that, if not, that's fine too. No big deal. But yeah, do that. Go subscribe. Go like. Go send a comment. Here, here's what I want you to do. Okay. For this episode in particular, tell me the moment in this episode where you're like, oh no, I don't like that. <laughs> tell me, tell me when that moment was for you. That would be great if you could do that. Anyway, we're on Twitter at Let's World Build. Come find us, come look at our posts and stuff. More importantly, come to our Discord, chat with us there. You can go to our Discord at any point, chat with us about human ticks, talk to us about vampirism versus ghoulishness right whatever you want that's totally fine come join that link for that in the description of course if you're feeling particularly generous you can go to our website or you can go to our patreon and give us money on patreon uh, where you get access to too hot for broadcast stuff patron only episodes patron only aspects of the discord uh, yeah come come join us if, if, if we've made you smile laugh or if you've used any part of our podcast for your own world building send us a little tip it's all good that's going to do it for this episode of world build with us remember that we love you very much and we're going to get through this together until next week 